Howdy folks, Rob Noxious, Drunk Noxious, back again. From De Legibus. Marcus Tullius Cicero. But if the penalty, not nature, ought to keep human beings from wrong, tell me what torment would harass the impious, when the fear of punishments has been eliminated. Nevertheless, none of them was ever so daring that he did not either deny that he was guilty of a crime or fabricate some reason for his own just indignation and seek a defense of the crime in some right of nature, if the impious dared to call it this, with what enthusiasm will good men worship such a thing, I ask? But if a penalty, if fear of punishment and not the disgrace itself, deters from a wrongful criminal life that no one is unjust and instead the wicked should be held to be incautious. Then, moreover, those of us who are moved to be good men, not by what is honorable itself, but by some advantage and enjoyment, are cunning, not good. Now what will a man do in the darkness who fears nothing except a witness and a judge? What will he do in a deserted place if he has found someone whom he could deprive of much gold? Someone weak and alone? Our man, who is just and good by nature, will even speak with him, help him, Lead him on his way. But he who will do nothing for another person's sake and will measure everything by his own convenience, you see, I suppose, what he is going to do. But if he denies that he is going to snatch his life and take away his gold, he will never deny it on the ground that he judges it disgraceful by nature, but that he fears that it might become known and the result might be bad. Oh, worthy deed, for which not only educated, but also boorish men may blush. But truly, the most foolish thing is to think that everything is just that has been approved in the institutions or laws of peoples. And if those laws are from tyrants, if the thirty at Athens had wanted to impose laws, or if all the Athenians delighted in tyrannous laws, surely those laws should not be held to be just for that reason? No more, I suppose, than the one that our interim ruler provided that the dictator could kill whatever citizens he wanted with impunity, even without a hearing.
right is uniform. Human fellowship has been bound by it, and one law has established it. That law is correct reason and commanding and prohibiting. He who is ignorant of it is unjust. Whether it has been written somewhere or nowhere. Now, if justice compliance with the written laws and institutions of peoples, and if, as the same men say, everything ought to be measured by advantage, who thinks that it will be enjoyable for himself will neglect and break through those laws if he can. So it happens that there is no justice at all, if not by nature. And what is established for the sake of advantage is undermined by that advantage. And if right has not been confirmed by nature, they may be limited. Missing portion of the text. In fact, where will liberality be able to exist? Where affection for the fatherland, where piety, where the will either to deserve well of another or to return a service. These things originate in this, that we are inclined by nature to cherish human beings. That is the foundation of right, and not only allegiances toward human beings, but also ceremonies and religious observances for the gods are eliminated which I uh, think ought to be preserved, not by fear, but by the connection that exists between human being and gods. But if rights were established by people's orders, if by leading men's decrees, if by judges' verdicts, there would be a right to rob, a right to commit adultery, a right to substitute false wills, if those things were approved by the votes or revolutions of a multitude. But if there is such power in the opinions and orders of the foolish, that the nature of things is changed by their votes, why don't they establish that bad and ruinous things should be held to be good and salutary things? Or if law can make right out of wrong, can't the same law make good out of bad? But we can divide good law from bad by no other standard than that of nature. Not only right and wrong are distinguished by nature, but also in general all honorable and disgraceful things. Nature makes common conceptions for us and starts forming them in our minds so that honorable things are based on virtue, disgraceful things on vices. To think that these things have been based on opinion, not on nature, is for a madman. 
what is called the virtue of a tree or a horse, in which cases we misuse the name, is founded not on opinion, but on nature. And if that is so, honorable and disgraceful things should also be distinguished by nature. Now, if the whole virtue were determined by opinion, its parts would also be determined by the same thing. Therefore, who would judge a man to be prudent, and my essay clever, not from his own deportment, but from a, some external circumstance? Virtue is fully developed. Reason? And this is certainly nature, therefore, and the same way all honorableness. Now, as true and false things are judged on their own terms, not by other terms, and the same with logical and illogical things, so also a constant and continual manner of life, which is virtue, and also inconstancy, which is vice, which will be tested according to their nature. Don't we do the same with young person's character? Or will character be judged by nature? And the virtues and vices that come from character? Otherwise. Or if not otherwise, won't it be necessary for honorable and disgraceful things to be measured according to nature? Whatever good thing that is praiseworthy necessarily has in itself that for which it is praised for good itself is not by opinions but by nature if it were not so men would also be happy by opinion what more foolish thing can be said than that therefore since good and bad are judged by nature and these things are elements of nature certainly also honorable and disgraceful things must be Distinguished in a similar manner and measured according to nature. But the variety of opinions and the disagreement among human beings disturb us. And because the thing, thing does not hold for the senses, we think they are certain by nature. And those things that appear one way to some persons and another way to others, and not always, one way to the same persons, we say are false. That is far off the mark. No parent, nurse, teacher, poet, or stage perverts our senses. Nor does the agreement of the multitude distract them from the truth. All plots are directed against our minds, either by those I just listed, who have taken them when they are delicate and unrefined, and who stain and bend them as they want, or by that which occupies a place entangled within our every sensation, pleasure, the imitator of the good and that mother of all bad things. Those who are corrupted by her flatteries do not sufficiently notice what things are good by nature, because they lack this sweetness niche.
What follows, to conclude my whole speech, is before eyes, from what has been said, that both right and everything honorable should be desired for their own sakes. And indeed, all good men love fairness itself and right itself. And it is not for a good man to err and to cherish what should not be cherished for itself. Therefore, right should be sought and cultivated for itself. Now, if that is true or right, so also for justice. And if for that, then the remaining virtues should also be cultivated for themselves. What about liberality? <clears throat> Is it disinterested or mercenary? If a good man is benevolent without a reward, it is disinterested. If for payment, it is hired. There is no doubt that he who is called liberal or benevolent is following duty, not profit. Therefore, justice also elicits no reward, no repayment. Therefore, it is desired for itself in the same motive and sense exists for all virtue. And even if virtue is weighed according to its gains, not according to its own nature, there will be one virtue, which will most correctly be called badness, insofar as each man judges what to do according to his own convenience, so little is he a good man so that those who measure virtue by reward consider nothing to be a virtue except badness. Where is the benefactor if no one acts benevolently for another's sake? Where is the grateful man if even those who are grateful do not respect the person whom they return a service? Where is sacred friendship if not even the friend himself is loved for himself with whole heart as it is said? Even he should be deserted and cast aside when hope of gains and profits has been lost. What more monstrous thing can be said than that? But if friendship should be cultivated for itself, human fellowship, equality, and justice should also be desired for themselves. But if that is not so, there is no justice at all. For the most unjust thing of all is to seek payment for justice. <clears throat> Marcus Tully Cicero died 43 CE. Or 2,063 years ago.